Welcome to The Fruit of Passion. I'm your host, Alejandro, also known as Hanoma online. My guest today is a teenage YouTuber from Uzbekistan who lives in the US. That should get your attention. Uh, we talk about YouTube, of course, but also moving from another country to the US as a kid, the cultural change, filmmaking, and his plans for the future. So I give you Abdulaziz. I'm here with Abdulaziz, and uh, your last name I can't really pronounce. So <laughs> please, Abdulaziz, <laughs> introduce yourself and tell me how is it that a kid from Uzbekistan ends up a teenage YouTuber in Colorado? Hi, um, so this is the beginning of the podcast, and um, my name is Abdulaziz Yusuf Janov. Yusuf Janov is my last name. I was born in 2003. I am 15 years old right now, and I was born on the other side of the world in a country called Uzbekistan. Um, and so eventually, my parents played this uh, in this program called Green Card, which many of your audience must know probably, and we want a green card visa so we could come to the United States. Um, so then we did. Uh, it cost quite a little bit of money. We got an apartment here and we've been moving around quite a bit and we go and visit our home country every other summer. And I started YouTube this, this uh, at the beginning of 2018, I was just making a whole lot of random videos. And then I eventually started vlogging because of this, uh, this YouTuber named Cody R. Warner, which some of your audience might know as well. Uh, so he was just making a whole bunch of really inspirational videos. And that's what made me start vlogging. And I have, I, I don't know, 600 something subscribers and A lot of them are from school. Some of them are from around the world. One of them is Hanoma <laughs> from Seattle, right? Right. Yeah. I live in Seattle. I'm from Chile, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that. Um, so, yeah, it's been quite an adventurous life so far. <laughs> With, and so, I'm, we, we, will, we will go back to the topic of YouTube in depth, but um, tell me a little more about moving here, moving to the U.S. and your family. Did you move to Colorado immediately? Were you in some other state before? Um, yes, we did move to Colorado immediately. We flew from Uzbekistan to New York and immediately to Colorado. And we had like an apartment here arranged and everything. So, yeah, we did come here uh, pretty quick. So you've been, you've been living in the same city? Yeah, same city, um, but different. Like sometimes we like move around apartments and like, because yeah, for like work and with my parents work and stuff. So we move around quite a bit um, within the city, but all of my time here has been in Fort Collins, Colorado. Mm -hmm. So how how different is it from where you were? I, <laughs> I believe you are from Tashkent. Um, it's a city close to Tashkent. But it's called Namangan, actually. But life is so much different. Um, and if you want me to elaborate on this, so a lot of the people there are very different from the people here. I It's it's hard to say in exactly what way they're different, but there's just a massive culture shock 
when we came to the United States and found out how the people speak, how the people live, how the people do everything, you know? Uh, can, can you tell me a little more about those differences? What, what, so you moved when you were nine or 10 or something like that? Nine years old. Nine. So how, what, what was the first shock? What was, was something really obvious that, that for you was, wow, this is so different? Um, the, it was the diversity of the people here. Like, um, for example, before, like we came to America, I had never even seen, um, a man of color before a black person. And we saw them in like the airport and they were helping us. And it was, and we saw like people from all other countries. We saw, um, people from China, people from Mexico, people from Japan and Korea. We actually have a family friend from Korea that lives um, close to us. And that was one of the most biggest differences as we came in, because in, Uzbek in Uzbekistan, you almost never see anyone that's not from Uzbekistan. Mm -hmm. So not even, how, how big is tourism? Tourism right now, it's increased a lot. Ever since we got here, it's increased um, like a whole lot. Um, Cause we also got a new president there as well. Um, so, and he's made some, quite a lot of good changes, um, tourism right in there. There's not a whole lot, um, in the place that we live, um, there's, uh, it's more of other cities and so, yeah, not, not a lot of tourism where we live. So I never got a chance to see anyone. We saw some Russian people, but because, but not anyone from anywhere else. What other aspects were really obvious or really different for, for you did you start school immediately and how was that did you speak english before coming here or did you have to learn everything force force yourself to learn so when we came here it was um right at the beginning of spring break so it was kind of um we got a little 10 day um a week of break before I actually had to start school and we thought before we came to the before we came to the states we thought we knew a little bit of English but then when we actually came here we found out that we don't really know a whole lot and so a lot of that had was self-taught and like with conversations with classmates and teachers and all of that was it um, a real struggle for you at the beginning of of school uh yes Not academic, not academic wise, but, you know, meeting new people and being able to speak. And it, it was a little bit of a struggle. I, uh, and the funny thing is, at that time, I didn't really know it as a struggle. But um, at the time, it was just going good. And I realized now that it, it was quite a bit of a struggle back then. Mm -hmm. Did you have, um, did you make any particular friend that maybe helped you or were the teachers helpful or the school with some other program? The teachers were very helpful. Yeah. They, um, they knew quite a lot, of, they knew quite a lot of people from other countries as well. So they knew how it was and they knew that it was difficult for me. And there was actually a guy at school that knew Russian which I also used to know Russian at the time. And we were, we kind of became friends and he was basically my first friend there. And that's how it all began. So you started learning English with a guy who spoke Russian. 
Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Um, At the same time, this teacher, this English teacher that sort of became a friend of ours and is a very close friend of of my parents right now, uh, she was teaching my parents English at the time. We had these like little appointments and she was actually doing it for free. And she like used to come to our house, teach my mom and dad English and go over a lot of that stuff. So she was a very big help. That's great. Mm-hmm. So your your parents are... So it's it's harder to learn when you're an adult. So uh, your parents are, are used to, to English now, right? After uh, yes, this many years. Fluent, yeah. Um, let's let's uh, move a little to, to the YouTube topic. How did you discover YouTube? When did you start watching videos? And this is... Uh, my question is even before you started creating your own videos, but... When did you start consuming online content like YouTube and, and other platforms? As soon as we got access to the internet. <laughs> so in our first apartment, it, um, we like was someone was helping us with like all the internet and stuff, and like I don't even know how it began. And then I just started watching. I found YouTube, and I started watching a lot of um, videos and gaming videos. And like I used to be a big fan of the game Minecraft. And so I used to watch and play a lot of that. And later on, I started watching more um, sort of mature videos with other YouTubers. And Casey Neistat, I started watching him, I think, around the beginning of 2018, maybe late 2017. And I became a very big fan of him. And I, I was obsessed with his videos. I used to wait for every single upload. And, and then later on, last summer in 2018, this YouTuber named Cody R. Warner made a lot of inspirational videos that made me start vlogging. When did you start blogging? July 4th of 2018. <laughs> that was my first official vlog. And it, it's pretty easy to remember when it was because it's on July 4th. And that's the day that I had a, that I uploaded it. Did you uh, have a camera? How, how did you start the technical aspect? Uh, what do you use to record? With the technical aspect, um, it was also last year when I got my first smartphone ever. I have the um, the iPhone 10 and it had a very good camera and that's sort of um, what inspired me to take little short videos and pictures and stuff. And I was shooting everything on my um, on my smartphone and editing everything on my smartphone as well using this app called iMovie. Do you know of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what everything was mobile. I didn't have a computer then. So for 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 the audience who might not know the the YouTubers that you mentioned, could you briefly explain who Cody and Casey are? And, and one of them is pretty big, but but still many people who are not used to YouTube might yes. not know them. Yes. Casey Neistat is a vlogger. Um, He's at 10 million subscribers. He's been doing YouTube for a very long time. And Cody R. Warner is a smaller YouTuber. He he started daily vlogging at the very beginning of 2018. And um, he is this inspirational YouTuber that daily was daily vlogging for the whole year. And then uh, I think last year sometime he had a collaboration with Peter McKinnon, who is also a quite a big sized YouTuber. He's at 3 million subscribers, I think. And so his channel was able to grow pretty quick. Cody R. Warners, he's at like 50,000 subscribers now. And he's only been doing this for a year. Mm-hmm. 
So when you start a channel, at at some point you said, you know, you know what, I can do this. I feel like I can share my experience and record videos. When did you start uploading more often, or did you start uploading weekly or daily at the beginning? How how was the uh, walk me through the the first few days or first few weeks or first few videos of your channel? Um, so I st I I was uploading I think two videos a week at the very beginning. I th I felt like that was a good comfortable place to start, and then when I started vlogging, I I turned that into three videos a week. Um, it was summer. I mean, not summer. It was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I was making videos, and then later on, as school started, um. I was sort of uncomfortable with the three-day thing because then that meant I would record Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but nothing on the weekends. And so I started sort of making it random where um, it was like three, four videos a week, and sometimes I would like skip a day. And then I don't remember exactly what time, but sometime I decided, you know what, I don't like this anymore. I'm going to make a video every sing every other day. And so I was uploading um, every other day for quite a while. And then at the beginning of 2019, I think a week into 2019, I started uploading daily videos, a video every single day. And I'm still doing that. How's that going? It's hard. Um, I think the biggest problem aren't what a person would expect. Like, for example, editing is like a person would expect that to be hard, but it's actually not that hard at all. It just takes up a little time. The hardest stuff is um, finding ways to make your video entertaining, um, like doing interesting stuff. And something else that's very difficult as well is the is actually at the very end of the, editing the video when you have to come up with a title and thumbnail for the video. That's the biggest, that's the hardest thing about making videos right now actually, to come up with a good thumbnail and title. So you, you when you daily vlog, you don't really have a plan or a specific topic for the day, you just happen to include whatever happened in your day. Uh, how, how does that work and what's, uh, what's the difference between planning, let's say a weekly video with a, with a specific topic? Yes, that's the case in most of my vlogs where it's just, I just go through my day and just see what happens and stuff. But some of them, even my daily vlogs, um, some of them are planned like today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And some of them are still like that. Um, but it is very different from a lot of the pre-planned videos that I was making before uh, with like weekly videos and stuff. And the difference basically is you have a lot more time and there's some pros and cons with that. Uh, the pros would be you have more time to think of what you're going to do. You have some time to run over your ideas. But you also have a lot more time to overthink things. You also have a lot more time to waste. You have a lot more time to do random stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing. Um, and doing daily eliminates all of those cons. But it does el eliminate some of the pros as well, where you don't have as much time to think over what you're going to post. Mm -hmm. do, do you have um, a specific plan for your daily vlogs? Uh, are you planning to do it for some time and then take a break or you're just um, deciding day by day? Um, I, I took one, one day off, I think 
two weeks ago, maybe it's because I was like getting delayed with the editing and stuff. So I just um, took one day off to catch up with the editing and also some schoolwork. Um, so I took one day off then and I don't plan to stop um, for for a while because this summer we're going to Uzbekistan and that should be pretty interesting. And so I want to keep doing it then. And then next year I'm going to be a sophomore. I'm going to be taking some more interesting classes. And I, I've pretty much got the summer and the beginning of next school year set. So, but after that, I, I, I don't really know what's going to happen. Are you planning to, to do uh, daily videos from Uzbekistan as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The internet is will be a little bit of a problem in Uzbekistan, but I'll I'll find my way around that. Mm -hmm. You mean uh, the, the what what is it the speed of upload or? Yeah, I think right now the biggest problem is um speeds and cost actually, because um I think the best plan would be to have like it's sort of weird. You get this sort of um amount of day this amount of internet that you can use per month like. Maybe it goes as low as like five gigabytes, 10 gigabytes and like that. And then there's also some plans where for the, for the, for the day, for the daytime, it's like that. But then for the night from like 12, it's like from 10, 10 PM to like something in the morning where it's like completely free and unlimited. So it, it's a, it's a little wacky there, but you'll I'll have to upload at night. Mm-hmm. What I'm planning to do right now is just to set an alarm because editing will be no problem. You don't need internet for editing to um, get up in the middle of the night and just press upload and then go back to sleep and uh, it'll finish uploading by the time it's done. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little about um, editing. As, uh, specifically, people who see, people who don't know about video, about how... Um, the final product is made, they just don't know how much goes behind the scenes. So can you describe your editing process, how much footage, how many minutes or, or hours of video do you have? Um, do you have to, to have for, let's say, a 10 minute uh, final product? Um, for that, uh, let's see. So for like, uh, a typical video of mine is going to be around uh, eight minutes, something. And so for that, I've gotten a lot better over the months of recording exactly what I need and what I am going to use. So yeah, over the last um, month, I've gotten pretty good at knowing what exactly to record and what not to record and what's going to go in the final edit. So I actually don't end up with too much footage. Um, with, the with the camera that I'm using right now, is shooting 1080p which is a good quality, I end up with about 14 to 20 gigabytes of video per day. And combined, all of that would be about maybe 20 minutes of footage. Mm -hmm. So not very much compared so to some other people. So you're actually using a lot of the your daily footage. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It's very easy to have more and then um, you have to cut a lot. Mm -hmm. So the other question, you, are, you say you're recording your adding, let's say, 20 gigabytes per day. Do you have any storage solution or, or issues um, so far? 
before um i just was completely deleting all of the clips because I, I didn't even like think of any pros of keeping all your archives and then with my phone i started keeping every single clip that i ever shot and um i would like try to like reduce it down and stuff and so i would end up um and so I would just use the the storage that's on my laptop, which isn't very much to keep as much as I could. But then I realized once I got a camera that it shoots at a, a much higher bit rate, which means it's going to take up a lot more data. And right now I'm saving up for a storage, an external hard drive to be able to keep all of my data. Mm -hmm. But you're, you don't have to, you still have uh, space. You don't have to delete your footage yet. I do. I do have to delete it. Oh, you do I, mean, I, I don't think I might be able to last a few weeks or maybe even a month, but I feel like right for right now, I am deleting all of my daily clips. After you started your channel, uh, when did you see, when did you start seeing growth, uh, meaning more subscribers? Uh, did you advertise it somewhere or were you talking about your channel with your classmates? Um, how, how has that been? It was once school started um, and everyone like sort of knew some of the people knew that I was a YouTuber and they were telling their friends and they would see me sometimes vlogging around and they would ask like a lot of questions. I, I became um, like in a few months, I sort of became the YouTuber basically at the school, which became quite handy because then it got a lot of people to subscribe and a lot more people to watch my videos. So being the, the YouTuber in the school, um, does it have any advantage or something? Uh, I've seen your videos and, and people recognize you and they say hi vlog or something. They, they say hello to the camera when you're recording. Yes, it does have its advantages. A lot of people know who I am and they say hi to me in the hallways and they like want to be in the vlog, which, which I always love. And there's a lot of advantages to it and and there's almost no disadvantages i don't think except for some people can be mean and choose to be mean um it doesn't affect me but there's sometimes like say a lot of rude stuff and that's also a disadvantage of that but it doesn't affect me though how about the teachers and and the the staff uh, in the school um some people really 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 hate cameras <laughs> and some are like are totally cool with it so you, ju you just have to figure out um like assess each one of your teachers to see if you should record in there or not and um that's how i sort of go through my day how about the rest of the physical locations where you record you record on the street uh you record um uh, in on the bus for example cars, yeah um, no, no one has a, has a problem against it because most people know that you are, you know, 100% allowed to record pretty much anything you want once you're on public ground. Um, and on the bus, I don't like talk to the camera or anything. I don't make it apparent. I just record like from the back and like shoot outside the window and stuff for a little bit. But yeah, no one, I've, I haven't had any issues with that outside of school. And how about your house? In, in your house, people must be used that, that by now that you're uh, recording every now and then to have any specific rule like like don't go in my room or don't make noises um sort of i keep them low-key i sometimes my brother doesn't like to be recorded and so i don't record him and i don't really record my parents because um just could be just because and yeah there aren't really any rules actually except we have um since i do live in an apartment building 
uh, there's like, we have like neighbors around us. And so sometimes in the mornings and at night, my parents tell me to, that I have to be quiet. And, and sometimes that gets in the way of me recording what I need. How has it been for you, the experience of meeting people, even if it's only virtually or digitally, but meeting people who are outside of your school world um, and getting sponsorship or, or support from, from outside of what you were used to? That has completely, I think, changed um, my whole perspective on things when I'm able to meet people that I may never meet in real life on the internet. And a good example would be you, Alejandro. Is that, did I say it right? Alejandro. Yeah, that's Alejandro. perfect. Yeah. Like, for example, like, unless some amazing, like, things happen, I may never meet you in real life. And that's true for a lot of people that I know on the internet. And it's, it's awesome that you'll make a whole bunch of friends and we have uh, a lot of communities of small YouTubers on the internet. And I, I'm a very big fan of that. I love it. Can, can you speak about some of the benefits uh, that, that have come with, with meeting more people outside? Some of the greatest things is that um, since if, the, if you're going to make online friends, usually they're the type of people that pretty much do almost exactly what you do. So pretty much all of my online friends are into like videos and YouTubers and like um, a lot of that. So you can talk to them anytime about exactly what you want. Whereas in real life, you're going to end up making a lot of friends that don't do what exactly what you do. Um, and then, so you, so you're not able to talk about your YouTube problems or like if something goes great on YouTube, then you're not really going to talk to them because they probably won't even know what it means. And I think the biggest advantage of having online friends is that they pretty much do exactly what you do and they understand a lot of it. And you can just hit them up, text them, call them anytime. Regarding, again, we're still on the topic of YouTube, but I wanted to make this parallel between films, let's say mainstream Hollywood films and YouTube. Are you a fan of films? Do you watch films apart, apart from YouTube videos? I do. I am a big fan of films. I um I want to get into making more narrative short films and in order to achieve that I do watch a lot of professional stuff. I watch a lot of amateur stuff on, you know, on Netflix and and TV and like uh, whatever else there is and I do watch a lot of mainstream stuff. And I know in the future that mainstream is going to go down and like websites like YouTube are going to go up, but I do still enjoy a lot of the mainstream sort of big, big production type of videos and TV shows and movies alike. What kind of movies and, and, and TV shows do you like? Um, I don't really know. I just watch whatever really. You know, I sometimes watch sci-fi and some narrative and um, I, I don't like scary movies. <laughs> that's the only type that I stay away from. But yeah, I watch pretty much anything that's out there. And what are your plans? I mean, you already mentioned that you are watching professional stuff, amateur stuff. Are you referring to, are you watching films like uh, movies or are you watching tutorials and, and learning how to make one what, what's uh, what's what do you consume 
Um, on, on the daily, I watch a lot of YouTube, a lot of that. Usually the movies and Netflix and stuff is reserved for the weekends. And so right after this podcast, actually, I might go watch something on Netflix. But a lot of the things I watch, some of them are like tutorials. Some of them are have to do with tech. And a lot of them are um, Casey Neistat. I'm a very big fan of Casey Neistat. Um, yeah, on the daily, that's what I consume. You're, you're trying to learn uh, videography or, or filmmaking. Is that your plan for a career? Are you planning to go to film school in the future after high school? Um, yes, I think so. I do. I definitely do want to keep doing this into my adult years. It might be, it might be different than the way I imagine it. Like, for example, it might not even be on YouTube, but I am a very big fan of, um, videos and editing and all that. And I definitely intend to pursue it into the future. Mm -hmm. uh, like making your own movie Do you have any specific plan like that? I would like to make my own movie or, or a documentary or be a producer or be a director of photography to, to have any anything more specific? I don't have anything more specific. I, I think I just want to do anything that um really that has to do with video. I don't have very many specific plans right now. I there's still I think I have a little bit of headroom, um, some time to decide those big things. But right now I I'm I have my goals and my plans very vague. Um, let's talk a little about gear. I, I think we've talked about this before. Um, I mean, outside the podcast, but this is something that that's uh, very interesting to me. Uh, that YouTube, as soon as you start watching, let's say tutorials, um, how to make a narrative short film or something like that, uh, YouTube starts suggesting videos about camera review and microphone review and, and, and lightning and uh, lightings and, and, and some other equipment and gear and, and you start getting into this rabbit hole of gear reviews. Have you been a victim of that? <laughs> Do you spend much time worrying about gear? And the reason I ask, I have to say, is uh, because you've been vlogging basically with a phone for, for a very long, long time. time. And a phone is something that everybody has, basically. Uh, a phone with a good camera. And so it, you are proof that there's no need for fancy or expensive gear just to make it. But even so, there's still a small community where they tend to publish a lot of videos about uh, reviewing gear and saying, this is not good enough. You still need the next one and the more expensive one. No, I do not believe that I have become a victim of that. Um, I don't, uh, most of the stuff I watch are either very, very high end. Like I like to watch like red camera <laughs> reviews and like comparing like Alexa and like red cameras, like very, very high end, like things that, you know, I obviously won't be able to afford, especially right now. And uh, other gear stuff that I watch are of stuff that I already have. Like for example, just this morning, um, with this microphone that you sent me, actually, I was like looking up like reviews on it, how to get the best settings, how to get the best sound out of it. So I just look up stuff on what I already have or what is like um, not something or stuff that is like very unrealistic, <laughs> like very, very. Just, so just yeah. for the record, um, 
can can you can you say how much is uh, was the cost of a, a red camera? <laughs> red cameras go anywhere, from, I believe, from twelve thousand to like hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're expensive. not talking about a, an iPhone anymore. Yeah. Uh, although iPhones can be very expensive, but <laughs> red is like the oh, next yeah. level. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do, would you like to have one? Is that uh, when when you make your film will be shot on red? No, I'm I'm very against um, big. I maybe in the far future, but especially right now, um, what my motive is is to just have the most simplest way. Um, I like to make a little compromise between simplicity and time and quality. So whatever gear. Um, will be the most simple and have the best quality at the same time is what I'm going to end up using. So like, for example, a red camera would be like super complicated and like heavy and, and all of that. Whereas like a DSLR is very light and obviously there's going to be a quality difference, but I, I feel like as long as the gear that you have is good enough, then you sh it shouldn't really be bothering you to get bigger stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, regarding equipment and, and money for, for expensive stuff, what are your views on sponsorship? Uh, meaning people who give you equipment or money, do you, do you have any plans for getting into Patreon or some of the other websites where people can donate money to you? No. Um, with Patreon, with people just because I'm just a vlogger, if like a lot of um, Patreon can be a great tool for other YouTubers to show like the behind the scenes of what they do. But vlogging is just the behind the scenes of my life, basically. So I don't believe that I will be able to offer a good enough um, a good enough sort of exclusive for like Patreon members and stuff to for them to just if I were to open a Patreon, it would just end up being people just giving me free money, basically, which I'm not a big fan of. And but with sponsorship, with sponsorships, I am very for sponsorships. I think it's a great way for companies to get in touch with creators and give them a little bit of um, cash to review their product or and stuff like that. I I feel like if you as long as as long as you genuinely think the product is good then I feel like it's um, a great way to earn a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. As long as you're like not like false advertising and stuff like that. So, but for example, what, what some YouTubers do, especially those in filmmaking, they, they will do um, the Patreon model where if you donate some money, they will give you um, a half an hour, one hour session, mm. you know, for questions and, and uh, they can review your channel or something like that yeah have you considered that i have not actually um i just don't know if i have an audience that would be interested in paying me money to get my opinions on on things but that doesn't sound like a very bad idea actually but a big problem i would see is is time is even half an hour that's like a lot of time to spend on you know so, something that's not your own well, obviously, it would depend on the money, too, but yeah. So what are your short-term, medium-term, and long-term plans for, for your channel? Right now, I'm saving up money um, for 
for a better camera because the camera that I have right now was just sent to me by a mentor of mine from another state until I could afford a better one. And so right now I'm saving up for a camera with like, um, with autofocus and, and all of that. And I'm saving up for better editing software because right now I use free editing software called iMovie for Mac, for Mac computers. And it's great right now, but there's still so much more stuff that you can make, that you can do with better software. Um, and as for short term goals, I want to reach a thousand subscribers before the end of the school year because I plan on uh, releasing merchandise and I think it'll, uh, because I plan on releasing merchandise and I think if I were to and I want to do it at 1000 subscribers and I think if I um, if I achieve that before the end of the school year uh, that could be a lot of um, advertisement and stuff within school if some people buy it and stuff Mm -hmm. Where are you planning to to sell? Uh, can, can you uh, give us a sneak peek? Uh, is it a t-shirt or what is it? Stickers? Uh, I haven't thought a lot of it. No, not sneakers. <laughs> um, no stickers. Stickers. Oh, oh, stickers. Um, I haven't given a lot a lot of thought since uh, all this time. It's it feels like it's so far away. But um, maybe t-shirts and hoodies and pants. Maybe I don't really know. I haven't really explored it very deep. Are you going to design the, the clothes or, or are you going to print t-shirts with, with some logo? Probably print it with some design and, and some stuff like that, basically. So this, this will be to finance your, your own uh, growth and, and more, more uh, new camera, for example. As a marketing tool and for a little bit of money, yes. Mm-hmm. So those that's uh, you you said that's that would be for the summer. That's uh, let's say a medium term plan. Do you have any longer term plans? Um, do you want to reach a higher number of subscribers or uh, change a little from daily vlogs to some other type of content? I definitely want to start making more um, other types of videos than vlogs. Like I want to make more little short films. I want to make more little um, other type of videos that aren't vlogs basically i want to i don't want to stop vlogging at all but i just want to do more alongside vlogging uh, more like like what like little short films other types of videos like one time i did like a tutorial on like how to build like a lego um lego like phone charger and stuff and little little sort of videos like that mm -hmm. do, do you think uh you'll keep a single channel or do you think it's uh it merits a, a second channel where, where it's for example more technical right now i do um, plan on keeping one channel yes i i don't think i'm at a point where i need a second channel because all of my stuff is very low key and not very um specific and, and stuff like that so i do plan on just keeping this one channel that i have and just posting everything that i make on there mm -hmm. so it's a uh, you you mentioned something uh, you 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 don't really have a need for a second channel, and you have more than six hundred subscribers. Um, however, it's we've seen. I think you've also seen, but I've seen channels that are way way smaller, and they start talking about yeah, I need a second channel now to separate my topics. Um, I don't think that's a very good idea to diversify your channels because. 
I feel like the fa- the the people that you have um, that follow you right now, it's gonna be extra work for them to like go to your other channel and like switch between, and it's definitely not gonna help attracting new members. I don't think, cause cause the goal with YouTube is you need people to um like who you are and not just like the videos that you make, but who you are as a person. I think that's what really ends up um being the turning point of a lot of successful YouTubers. Cause like, imagine watching like a vlog of someone you really like, but it was a different person, like a Casey Neistat vlog, but with like a random person, I don't know, I wouldn't enjoy it. Even if the vlog, the video itself was very high quality, I just wouldn't enjoy it. And so spreading out your channels and making multiple really deviates from that building of your own online character, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one a final question that I have is um, I, I've been watching many of your videos. Um, you you show many aspects of your life. For example, when you go to pray, or when you are in the car on the way to school, or on the way back, or in the bus. Are there any aspects of your family life that that you really don't show by by some implicit rule or or agreement with your parents, for example? Um, no, I haven't really talked about anything about anything like that with my parents, but I mean, obviously there's like family stuff that you just don't show because like, um, just because, and other than that, no, there really, there really isn't anything, especially in my own life. I show everything in my life that, that really needs to be out there. You know, sometimes I really don't like school. And if that's the case, I say that to the camera and sometimes I like school and I enjoy that stuff. And so I show that to the camera and there's not a lot of stuff that I hide. Um, hide, hide is a, it's not a very good word, but that I just don't end up showing. I do show pretty much everything that goes on within yeah, my life. Yeah, I don't life. think hide yeah. is the right yeah. word, but yeah, what I, what I meant is, is you, you're, you don't have any restrictions that you put on yourself apart maybe from, from some intimate family time. Um, yeah, there aren't any specific sort of restrictions or rules no not really i just deviate from showing my family members lives as well because because they haven't really signed up for that i just show what goes on in my life and like if they want to like be a part of it then like sure but i don't like go into the living room and shove a camera in their faces and stuff you know <laughs> well it works with your brother mm-hmm sometimes he is a big fan of it and he wants to do stuff in the video and sometimes he's very against it and and doesn't even want to be recorded and stuff it's very <laughs> it depends on the mood him, yeah one uh final question be before we close do you see yourself moving to a different place physically um let's say after this is after high school if abdul aziz is going to some film school do you do you have any ideas as to where So for my short-term plans, I plan on staying in Fort Collins um, and going to CSU, which is a college that's really close to us. And a big reason of that is a lot of financial benefits that we get since um, this is in-state. And um, and, my, and both my parents work for CSU, so we get uh, additional financial benefits and price, re price reductions off of the tuition fees. But that's pretty much the plan right now, unless I get a scholarship for somewhere, which I'll probably end up taking and going to the college of 
of choice. Um, but something else that I really want to do is I really, really am a big fan of New York, the city. I really do want to end up uh, going there someday. And the dream would be to get a scholarship for a school in New York so I can have both the education side and the want of me and to complete the want of me getting to live in New York. Are you sure you don't want to go there just to stalk Casey Neistat? <laughs> I definitely want to go there just to stalk Casey Neistat. <laughs> good. This is on the record, so we'll, we will publish this. Uh-oh. That's not good. <laughs> You're getting in trouble. But no, mm. I, I, actually, from what I've seen, he's, he's very nice when he meets people randomly yeah, on the street. Yeah. Yeah, I just like New York because of how international it is and like it's by the water and there's raging skylines and, and big, you know, buildings and everything. That's that's why I would really, I think I would really like this city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the culture as well. There are so many cultural opportunities oh, yeah. there. Uh, theaters and, and, and museums and even, you don't even have to pay. You can just walk on the street yeah. and you'll find uh, some random character doing something interesting yeah 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 that's mm -hmm. yeah i've been in new york a couple of times and it is uh maybe some people would say it's an acquired taste <laughs> um oh yeah so it's not for everybody <laughs> to live there and maybe if you go and live there you you might have the same opinion after some time but it's mm -hmm. uh it's what i can say is it's really hard to be indifferent it's you either like it a lot or or maybe not but it's mm. just so interesting um for better or worse but it's just so so interesting oh yeah i th that's yeah that's why i want to end up going there someday mm -hmm. abdullah says uh, i want to thank you for being my first guest i i think this will be my first episode of the podcast um, please spell your name so that people can find you online and uh, or what's <laughs> the name of your youtube channel and if you have any other social media account that you want to share uh, my name is abdul aziz and you can just search that on youtube it's spelled a b d u l a z i z just abdul aziz just search that up on youtube and i'm the first thing that comes up um and for my other social medias it's uh, it's a lot of letters maybe in your podcast notes or something you can you can put it there i, I will definitely a, yeah. uh, po post links yeah Okay. Okay. Great. Um, you're welcome, Hanoma, for this. It's been amazing talking about all this nerdy stuff with you, <laughs> with YouTube and, and life and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I thank you. It's been my pleasure too. And I think I've said this, this before, uh, in person, uh, personally, but I will say it here on the podcast that I, I, I really think you, you will keep growing on YouTube and, and there's, uh, I think there's a great future for you there. Thank you. That, that really does mean a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, until next time. Mm -hmm.